Do you ever feel like giving up sugar or getting in control of those nasty sugar cravings feels impossible? Have you ever struggled on the sugar roller coaster, perhaps for decades? I hear you, sister. It can be a tough journey. 90% of women who attempt to get off of sugar go right back into binging patterns and the addictive patterns within three months of starting their detox, no matter how great they're feeling. But why does this happen? And why does sugar addiction seem so difficult to really overcome in a lasting way? And why do we self-sabotage as soon as we're getting close to feeling great with our relationship? That is exactly what we're diving into today in this episode. I'm going to be sharing the top 12 roadblocks to healing from sugar addiction and how you can actually take the steps you need to overcome these blocks for good. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Beyond Sugar Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Dame, sugar freedom expert and somatic embodiment coach. Together, we'll be diving into much more than just another conversation around sugar addiction and nutrition. But more importantly, I'll be guiding you through the inner work, mindset shifts, and emotional healing that ultimately lies at the root of your unhealthy habits with food. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another incredible episode and a special episode as we're rounding off the year. I also want to take a quick moment before we dive into this incredible episode I have in store for you. I want to share some exciting news. This is actually the very first episode that I'm recording announcing the upcoming live free training called the Sugar Freedom Bootcamp. It is happening this January. You can find the link with all the details in the show notes below, but it is ultimately going to be exactly what we're diving into in today's episode in a deeper, informative, and powerful training like none other that you've experienced. And I'm so excited to help each of you kick off a new year with a new relationship with sugar so that you don't get to the end of 2024 feeling the same way that you are right now. So come and check out all the details about the Sugar Freedom Bootcamp. I'm going to be sharing more with all of you as we get closer to it in January. But for now, get your name on the list and get excited to dive into this incredible fun training with yours truly. All right. So today, We're diving into this truth that most women struggle to kick sugar cravings in a lasting way. This is the important piece, right? Because we can kick our sugar cravings and feel really great doing a 30-day sugar detox, but it doesn't last, right? We'll slip back into old patterns. And as we end the year here, we're wrapping up another busy holiday season It can be really easy to see that avoiding sugar or kicking these cravings can feel really impossible at times. And ultimately, no matter when you're listening to this episode, I think it's safe to say that you are struggling. And perhaps you've been struggling your whole life to kick these nasty, addictive dependency patterns with sugar. And I'm recording this episode specifically to help you dive deep into a new awareness of why this is so hard for you. Why is creating lasting change when it comes to our addictions so hard? Because we first need to understand why it's so hard before we can actually discover a way out of it. And we're going to talk about this. This is one of the reasons that I'm going to share in just a minute. More importantly, I'm also going to share some powerful tools that you can start using right now 
to start shifting out of these old toxic patterns and into a new healthy relationship with food and yourself. And we're obviously going to be diving so much deeper into this in the upcoming live Sugar Freedom Bootcamp. And I just want to share a little teaser with all of you today. I'm going to share this list with you that we're going to be diving a lot deeper into really unraveling and overcoming inside the bootcamp. So definitely come and join us there. Now, I often say, you maybe you've heard me say this before, or if you're new here, maybe you haven't, okay? But I always say that sugar addiction is the hardest addiction to overcome. But why? Now, I know this is a really bold statement, and I know that I've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol, but I do know a lot of people who have. And I know that we often think that these other addictions to narcotics or alcohol, because they're so much more in your face in terms of you know, damaging your life and your family structure and possibly your health in a quicker way, they seem to become known as being the worst addictions. And I don't believe that's true. You know, I believe for most of us, this addiction that we have with food and sugar, especially is flying under the radar. It's not as obvious as narcotics or other addictions. It's not as in your face, but it is just as powerful and life-threatening and possibly even more so in many cases. I've talked with countless people, some of them even my close friends over the last seven years, who have been through the gamut with other addictions, things like alcohol, narcotics, and they've all agreed, and they've all actually confessed to me that sugar and their addiction to sugar is the last thing they can't kick. They've gotten over smoking, they've gotten over uh, you know, heavy drinking, they've gotten over drug use, but they can't kick sugar. And that really fascinated me because how is our addiction to sugar worse than our addiction to heroin or cocaine? And I so deeply believe that it is. It is worse in the way that it is harder to overcome. And there's 12 reasons why. And I want to share those with you. And I want you to really pay attention. I want you to really let this sink in and let this awareness fuel not your overwhelm or your belief that it might be impossible to get free from sugar. Absolutely not. We're going to talk about that in a minute at the end of this list. But I want you to use this list and pay attention to really just bring loving awareness into where you need to point your ship next. What direction do you need to go next? What is really going on for you? So you can stop engaging in these false behaviors, these superficial surface level behaviors of attempting to heal your relationship with food that ultimately do nothing. I'm so tired of seeing women struggle every year doing the next 30-day sugar detox, listening to more summits, buying that next book, attempting to stay busy and distract themselves and rely on willpower or just instead of eating at night, doing something else. Like, all of this is surface level attempts at changing something that actually is rooted deeper inside of us. I could rant about that forever, <laughs> but I'm not going to. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know what I'm talking about. So let's dive into these 12 reasons because I want you to be aware of how much is against you, how much is actually working against you in our society and also in your inner world that needs attention. It needs your attention. Each of these 12 reasons or roadblocks, as I call them, to kicking your sugar addiction needs your attention. And some might need way more attention than others, and they're all interconnected. So the first one, let's get this out of the way. This is obviously the obvious one, right? Like, why is it so difficult to kick sugar? 
because of the physical addiction, right? So number one here is the physical addiction, right? It's very uh, tempting. Our gut is craving sugar. Our brain is craving sugar. We have a lot of uh, blood sugar regulation issues. There's definitely a lot of physical aspects to our metabolism, our blood sugar, our gut-brain axis that are causing us to crave that sugar every day. So the physical calling of feed me sugar is a very real obstacle that we need to overcome, right? With any addiction, by the way, this is any addiction. It is that dopamine hit in the brain that is causing us to like scream for more sugar. So that one makes sense, right? But number two, reason and roadblock number two is that we're actually asking the wrong questions in our attempt to overcome sugar addiction. You're asking the wrong questions. We ask things like, well, what should I eat? Or how long do I need to be off sugar in order to get back in control? Um, we ask like, why, why am I addicted? Right? We even ask that blanket statement. And I love the angle that Gabor Mate shares in this when he talks about addiction. We're going to talk about him a little bit here because his studies that he's done around the root of addiction is extremely applicable here and really powerful. And he says to not ask why the addiction, but ask why the pain, why the suffering. So this is when we can really get into some root causes of not just asking why we're addicted to sugar, but first asking why is there internal discourse and pain and suffering that is causing us to just use sugar as a coping mechanism. So this is a deeper understanding and deeper layer that I just want to offer. You know, we need to start asking these questions. And yes, of course, it can also be helpful to ask, like, why do these addictive patterns exist for me? Why is there an addiction for me for sugar? Because so many people get stuck in the, how do I overcome my sugar addiction? That's the only question they focus on. What do I need to eat? How do I regulate my blood sugar? How do I heal my gut? How do I get off sugar long enough and do a 90-day detox so that all my problems are gone? Again, focusing on the surface and not actually first understanding why the problem exists. And the problem here is your addictive patterning that is stored in your nervous system, and it's an escape from pain. So we need to ask better questions. Start asking the right questions. Why am I numbing out? Why am I dependent on a substance that is harming my health, even though I don't want it to? And this ties into roadblock number three, which is we're looking in the wrong places, right? So as I just said, we're really focused on the surface level of trying to, attempting to heal and find peace with food, right? We're meal planning. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to build new healthy habits. Um, we're going to like set our household up. We're going to not keep sugar in the house. This is a big one. I'm just not going to keep sugar in the house. And then, and then it'll be easy and all of my sugar addictive patterns will be gone. That's not true. Any, as any addict knows, we can very easily find sugar, even if it's not in the house. But I love this, and this is actually really important on this point, just to sort of understand one of the definitions and concepts around addiction that I personally subscribe to. An addiction is a behavior that gives us pleasure or relief, that's an important word, in the short run, but that causes us to suffer negative consequences in the long term. And our inability to give it up even though it's causing us harm. So it's something that's giving us relief from pain or pleasure. And sugar does both. But in the long run, we know it's harming us and we still can't give it up. 
And I love Gabor's definition here of understanding that any addictive pattern, whether it's heroin or sugar, is an attempt to solve a problem. That problem being inner suffering and pain that is based off of what has happened to us, usually in our younger years of life. And not necessarily what happened to us. I know he defines trauma as actually what happens inside of us based on what happened to us. So there may have been a traumatic event or a uh, lack of love in your household or emotional or physical abuse. And it's not that that is the trauma. It is the stories that we've been carrying in our nervous system and in our mind about who we are based off of that. So ultimately, understanding that addiction is rooted deep in our nervous system and our psyche and our subconscious brain as a result of suffering and pain and an avoidance survival tool to avoid and self-soothe and self-comfort pain that we do not know how to deal with or that we were alone in dealing with. So pain of trauma. So when I say number three here as a roadblock is we're looking in the wrong places. I want each and every one of you listening to this to stop, stop hitting your head against the wall with all of these fake tools that you're trying to surface level fix something permanently that is rooted deep in your psyche and deep in your nervous system and your sense of who you are. And this is where I'm so passionate and so so excited about the work that I do and the women who are ready to do this deep inner healing because when we can actually heal the cracks in our foundation of our being, we no longer need to be escaping who we are, our emotions, our life, using food and sugar. And this is the only way that you can heal addiction. It's the only way you're going to get off the roller coaster and actually make peace with yourself. You have to make peace with yourself first before you can ever make peace with your food. So we're looking in the wrong places. Please stop looking in the wrong places and Stop getting caught up in the vanity of pretending that you're doing something by reading another book or signing up for another 30-day detox, right? And doing this surface level attempts to willpower yourself off of something that willpower will never, ever solve. All right. So these are some of the, the big, the big, big kahunas that I'm bringing out here at the top of the list. Let's move on to number four. Okay, roadblock number four. Why is it so hard for women to kick sugar, right? Why is sugar addiction one of the hardest to overcome? Obviously, there's the social pressures at every turn. So number four, here's those social pressures that we just don't have in the same way with heroin, right? Or with porn, you know, other things that people are addicted to. They're not as socially acceptable, right? So we have this pressure, whether it's an office, at your office, you know, everybody's bringing in treats or parties, even in your household, right? Maybe your husband wants you to have ice cream with him, right? There's constant pressures to indulge in sugar. Um, alcohol is just equally as socially pressured in a lot of cultures as well, depending on the friend circle that you hang out with. But sugar is one that is absolutely by far one of the most pushed substances, right? If you're at a birthday party and you're the one who says no to cake, you're going to get some backlash, you're going to get people questioning you. You're going to get people pretending that their feelings are hurt because you're not eating one of their homemade cookies. There's so many layers to the social pressures here that are really working against us in a way that other substances 
and toxins and drugs do not do. They do not show up. Nobody's going to force you to have shots of whiskey at your kid's birthday party or force you at the office to do heroin in the office, right? So this is something that is so crazy socially acceptable, and that is a major problem, a major problem, right? And when we look at, we can even look at the history of, say, smoking, right? And how it used to be everybody smoked. And if you didn't smoke, you were the weird one. And you would be kind of pushed out of your friend circle, right? You would be the one left in the office by yourself while everyone's outside smoking. And look at how that changed. It took a long time. But now you're the weird one if you smoke. And I cannot wait for us to get there when it comes to processed food and sugar, right? Can you imagine how how much easier it would be if you were not allowed to eat processed food in your house anymore. You had to go outside. I know here in Canada, we have, I think it's like six meters from any entrance um, to smoke. You have to be like far away from everyone else to smoke. How cool would that be if that was for processed food as well and sugar? You've got to go eat your sugar over there by yourself. That's a little bit of social shaming, but it actually really helps when it comes to these super unhealthy habits. I don't know if that'll ever happen. I, I can I can only dream and hope, right? But the social pressures are real and they're 100% worse than any other addictive substance with sugar. Thanks for listening to this episode. I have a quick question for you. What would be possible if food and sugar cravings no longer had control over your mind and body every single day? Now, if you're like most women that I work with, you may not even believe it's possible to ever be really free from sugar. Am I right? Well, sister, I want you to know that there is a way, and it starts by understanding that your challenges and relationship with food are, in fact, a direct mirror of your relationship with yourself, your inner world, which is why in the Break Free from Sugar program, we focus all in on uncovering and actually healing the root causes of your sugar dependency so you never again have to be on the sugar, guilt, and shame roller coaster. Does this sound like something that you want? Because doing the inner work is the missing piece. Now, don't take my word for it. I want to introduce you to one of our incredible Break Free From Sugar program alumni who has a message to share with you today. Hi, Kimberly from Illinois here. I just finished the Break Free From Sugar program with Danny, and it was truly transformational. Um, Previously, I've tried Weight Watchers in the 80s. I'm always working out. I've tried other diets as well, and none of them helped me break free from sugar as this program did. I truly found that with the detox, the inner work and the community that I was encouraged. I was liberated. Um, These 10 weeks have truly been transformational. Wow. Wasn't that powerful? I'm so excited to invite you to join us for the upcoming group starting very soon. If you're ready to finally create peace with food that lasts, come get your name on the waitlist below and I'll email you all the program details right away. The Break Free from Sugar program is nothing like you've tried before. Trust me. I may also have a few extra surprises in store for those who register early. Now back to the episode. Roadblock number five kind of goes with some of the things we've already mentioned, but it's really important to pull out on its own here is this emotional component. This emotional component is big. Sugar and food have become the most socially acceptable ways to escape our difficult, painful emotions. And it has become the way that all of us know. It's the, the tool 
the fake tool, unhealthy tool that we've all been taught since childhood to use whenever we're having a tough time, right? And we get this push in our face in every movie where the woman gets broken up with and she's drinking wine and eating ice cream, right? In songs, in the media, commercials, like we're bombarded with this message that if you're having a tough day, you deserve a break, right? I mean, I think that's the, like the Kit Kat commercial um, slogan, right? You deserve a break, right? They're just pushing this messaging that sugar will help you feel better. And that's a major problem. Well, first of all, it's a problem that we think we need to feel better and that it's not okay to feel like crap because it is. It's okay to... F- It's okay to not feel okay. And that's a really important part of the emotional work. But this, I think, is is one uh, one of the big things at play with really any addiction, but majorly with sugar, is we get that message with sugar and alcohol will solve all your problems. They will make you happy and it will make all of your emotional challenges go away. And it's a blatant lie. Maybe in the short run, you'll feel better and then you're gonna feel 10 times worse because you're gonna feel the guilt and the shame, which are even more difficult emotions to feel than possibly the stress that you felt at work today. So that's number five, right? Roadblock number five is definitely this emotional escape, right? The, the, the patterning that we have in our society around difficult emotions, go get something to eat. Okay. Roadblock number six, it's everywhere. This is massive roadblock, right? When we think of other addictive substances, it's not in your face at the gas station, at the grocery store, at the dentist office of all places. Oh my gosh, the dentists. Why is the dentist giving out lollipops? What? It's everywhere, right? It's left, right, and center. It's in the weirdest places. You know, you're going to get your tires changed and there's candy at the like tire store. Like, like the weirdest places. Candy is everywhere. Sugar is everywhere. And that can make it really difficult. Right? It can make it really difficult if you're working at avoiding that, right? Especially if you're in a moment of stress right? Say you're really stressed about paying for that expensive bill to have your tires rotated, right? And you're at the the, the automotive shop and you're like, oh, feeling that stress, right? And mindlessly, you're going to grab some sugar and it's right there to distract you and to quote unquote, help you feel better about this big expense that you're going to have to pay, right? For whatever they're doing behind the scenes with your car. So this is really complicated, right? When When we don't keep sugar in our house. I know so many people make this as like their tool to help them from sugar. It's like this willpower. And then you're stuck never leaving your house or never feeling safe leaving your house. Because when you leave your house, you will be faced with the temptation of sugar. This is why that is not a solution to your problem, just keeping sugar out of your house. Absolutely not a solution to your problem. It might help in the short run for a bit. It's not a solution. Number seven, roadblock number seven is that it's cheap. Most drugs are quite expensive. Sugar is dirt cheap. You can get a hit of sugar for a dollar, right? You can get yourself a super grande Slurpee for a dollar. I don't know. You used to be able to. <laughs> I don't know if you still can anymore, but it's it's cheap, right? And in a world where most people are struggling financially and And buying food is becoming more expensive, especially whole real foods, especially organic food, right? Turning to processed foods, crap foods, you know, having a Danish for breakfast and a coffee for $1.99 is the cheaper option. And until we live in a world where real food is cheaper than processed food, this will forever be a challenging dynamic for us to navigate right? That it is very cheap to get a hit of sugar. If it was $100 
to buy a bag of candy, we would be doing it less, right? It would be, I mean, we would find a way because we're addicts, right? Or we have those dependency issues. I mean, we would always find a way, but it would be more in your face in terms of wreaking havoc on your life, you know, like a perhaps an expensive heroin addiction does, right? It's so expensive that we end up giving up our homes and choosing to live on the streets and, and these things, right? So it's cheap. Roadblock number eight. I mentioned this already a little bit, but it's slightly different here in like the fact that this is so socially acceptable everywhere and any time, right? Any time of the day, it's acceptable. You can have breakfast sugar, lunch sugar, dinner sugar, before bed sugar, in the middle of the night sugar, and nobody bats an eye. It's just welcomed. It's like, oh, me too. I got up in the middle of the night and had a bowl of ice cream. Right? It's acceptable everywhere and anytime. Your kid's birthday party, at work, in the dentist office, right? Like everywhere you go. It's it's welcomed, right? And it's encouraged as being normal. And that is a major problem, especially when we're socially driven beings. We care what other people think. We need to fit in all those dynamics. Number nine, roadblock number nine is that, you know, along with being trained to deal with our emotions with sugar, we've also been taught that it is the way we are supposed to treat and reward ourselves. So if we're ever having a moment where we're feeling really proud of ourselves or we've done something really good, the messaging that we have got, social media, movies, music, the news, commercials, our whole lives is that you deserve to go eat some sugar or a glass of wine. I mean, that is the on tie for what we get really encouraged to do, right? If you want to celebrate, go out for a fancy meal and have dessert and champagne, right? There's always got to be sugar involved if we're celebrating or if we want to treat ourselves, right? Like I've had a really hard day at work and this used to be a massive one for me, massive to treat myself. And it's, we're not, we're not treating or rewarding ourselves by putting poison in our body. But we think we are because that is what we've been taught to believe how to do. And it's cheap. So it's a cheap, easy, socially acceptable way that we can treat ourselves at the end of a really long work week, right? Or when we got a promotion or when we just like accomplished something really like that we feel really proud of. We had a really good workout at the gym. Therefore, I deserve to go home and eat ice cream. There's so many have these mindset dynamics that are deeply rooted in our beliefs about how we treat and reward ourselves. That's a big part of work that I love doing with my clients is is rewiring those treat and reward um, synapses and and patterns so that we can find new ways of doing that that actually reward us. All right, moving on. Roadblock number 10 is that sugar is hidden in most foods. So you usually do not have any idea that you're eating it. If we all were consciously choosing to eat sugar when we ate sugar, we would be eating less than half the amount that we are. It is these secret sneaky sugars that are the biggest culprits in keeping us overdosing on sugar every day and keeping us in this loop of obviously craving more and being addicted to it. 
This is one of the things that I love doing in week one of my Break Free from Sugar program. We track food and we learn how to investigate in the grocery store and find where sugar is actually hiding in our lives. And I guarantee you, no matter how many, I've had so many women come through my program that are dead set on, they know how much sugar they're eating. They know that they don't have any sugar in their house and they know all these things. And then I have them go through this exercise and every single time without fail, they're shocked. They're shocked, number one, at how much they're accidentally eating and things that they didn't even know that sugar was added to. And they're just shocked at the sugar that they even find in their home that they didn't think was really there, right? So this hidden sneaky sugar is when we actually start understanding what sugar is, right? And learning how to label read properly, you'll see that most of the sugar that you're eating is actually sneaky secret sugar. So this is a big one, right? Obviously, it's going to be really hard for us to cut back on sugar or not eat as much sugar if we have no idea where it's coming from. So this is a big roadblock that a lot of people skip and forget and miss or just have a misconception in their own mind because we're really great at doing that to convince ourselves that we're not as bad as we thought we were. But this is hidden, right? And the food manufacturers have done a fantastic job of using over 100 different names for sugar, pretending that it's not in there, tricking you, adding multiple types of sugar lower down on an ingredient list label. They've got all sorts of tricks. And if you don't learn those tricks, you're going to continue eating sugar even when you're not intending to eat sugar. And for me, that just feels like a waste. And actually, a really side tangent, really fantastic place to start your sugar journey is like keep eating. I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is going to ruffle some feathers. Keep eating the ice cream, keep eating the cake, keep eating the sugar, you know, is sugar when you're eating it and remove all the hidden sugars and just notice, notice how much less sugar you'll be eating. If you do that, um, it's a really, really fun activity and a great baby step in the right direction. Because if we're going to eat sugar, we want it to be intentional. We want to know when we're eating sugar. I want to know when I'm choosing to have a glass of wine. I don't want it to be hidden in all my food. I want to be present with that. And I actually want to enjoy it while I'm doing it. So it just seems like a waste. It's just such a waste if we're not even aware that we're eating sugar when we're having yogurt and we're having salsa and we're having salad dressing. It's just a waste. Don't do it. (laughs) All right. Roadblock number 11. We're almost there. Confusion. This goes a little bit with what number 10 was. Roadblock number 11 is that most of us are confused about what sugar is. We don't even know. So how are we going to get off of the sugar roller coaster and stop eating sugar and clean our body up and, and get back in the driver's seat if we don't even know what we're putting in our body? And we don't even know what is sugar. I actually literally just at the time of recording this was reading a comment on one of my recent Facebook posts where I was sharing a testimonial uh, from my Break Free From Sugar program. Someone commented below that they'd just broken free from sugar and they were so excited. I was cheering them on and they said, now all I use is agave and I love the taste of it. And I just like had to smack my head and shake my head because so many people, I know a lot of you out there listening, believe these things too. Well, agave is not sugar or uh, monk fruit's not sugar or I, I use stevia, so that's fine. Oh, maple syrup doesn't count and honey doesn't count. White flour doesn't, doesn't count. That's not really sugar. There's so many misconceptions about what is sugar. And learning this is so important, but this confusion will keep you in that cycle and keep you thinking that you're not eating sugar, even though you are. 
And luckily I was able to sort of set this lady straight, share some, some tough truths and facts about why we should, none of us should be eating agave and how that's still sugar in the body. And uh, she was very grateful for that. So are you confused as well about what sugar is and when you're eating it, right? If you don't actually know what sugar is, how are you going to know to label read and track it and keep, get it out of your diet so you can get back in the driver's seat? It's pretty impossible, right? All right. Lastly, roadblock number 12, why it is so hard to overcome sugar addiction. This is a big one because this is this was one of the biggest keys for me that kept me in my deep sugar journey for about three years before I finally figured out my way out is loneliness. Going on this path and making a choice to break free from sugar and to heal your addictive patterns can be extremely lonely. We are the black sheep in society. We are the ones who are choosing to do things differently and we are not going to always be fully embraced by our coworkers, our family, our friends. They're not going to get it. There's going to be a lot of social dynamics at play that often make this feel like we're alone. And that in itself is, is traumatizing, right? Going through something really difficult. I went through my sugar journey in the beginning alone. It was miserable. It was horrible. I had no idea. I had no one to turn to when I was having challenges to share ideas with, to share recipes with, to have fun with, to have deep conversations with. And I know many of you out there are feeling that too. This is by far the biggest piece of feedback that I get about the way that I coach and the way that I run my programs is the depth of connection and community support that I cultivate in my groups, my small intimate programs is so powerful and important on this journey. If you feel like you are the weird one, if you feel like you are alone in this journey, you will not succeed. You will not. And until you feel held and supported with the right group, you won't be able to create this as a lifestyle change. Okay, so there you have it. That was a long list. I know it was a long list, but there's lots, right? And all of this is stacked against you. And maybe really it seems like, oh my gosh, Danny, there is no way I'm going to be able to like tackle all 12 of these things that you just shared. And as I said earlier, instead of listening to this list and feeling like, oh, this is impossible. I'm never going to break free from sugar. I want you to understand that all it takes is one first step into your inner healing journey and the rest will unfold. Once you commit to digging deep into the cracks in your sugar freedom foundation, in your addictive patterns and asking those questions, like I mentioned at the beginning, why this addiction exists for you, why the pain until you actually do that. And actually when you do that, when you start that process, the other pieces become less important. The social pressures don't bother you as much. The fact that it's everywhere doesn't bother you as much. You're no longer using it as an emotional crutch or to treat, reward yourself. You know where all the hidden sugar is in your food. All of these things start falling into place. They're all interconnected. And ultimately, it just takes you taking that first step. And I want you to know it is possible to heal from sugar addiction. Yes, it's going to take commitment. It may even take you hitting rock bottom 
first. But you can do this. And all you need is the right guidance, the right tools, and the right supportive community to guide you every step of the way. And if that is what you're ready for, if that's what you're looking for, I'm so excited. I shared at the beginning of this episode, but I want to bring this back in because that's exactly what we're going to be diving into in the upcoming Sugar Freedom Bootcamp live three-day event this January. This is a completely free training that I love to host once a year. I only host this once a year in the beginning of the year. I'll be sharing my three pillar strategy that you can use immediately to overcome these 12 roadblocks and finally step into a brand new healthy relationship with yourself and then with food. And I hope that you'll come join us. You can join for free. The link is in the show notes below. Come get registered. You'll be welcomed with an email from me and some next steps for you to make the most out of this amazing, life-changing training. So I hope that you found this episode enlightening, insightful, and I'm feeling hopeful that you have a new baseline of awareness of how difficult this can be, but also that it's possible to overcome each of these. And just by knowing the roadblocks that are standing in your way, you can already start to take powerful steps in making lasting change. So thank you so much for tuning into another episode. And I can't wait to see you on the next one and hopefully see you there with me live at the upcoming Sugar Freedom Bootcamp. All right, we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. If you're loving what we talked about today, please take a minute to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with someone you love. It helps us in a big way, reach more people and change more lives. And if you're ready to go deeper into discovering your unique root causes and patterns that are keeping you hooked on sugar, be sure to check out our brand new free quiz that will tell you which root cause is holding you back from freedom with food and give you the healing action steps to break free from these old patterns for good. Find the link to take the free quiz and other amazing resources in the show notes below.